passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the first annual post-wrestling best-of show covering the year that was 2017. I am John Pollock, alongside Wei Ting, because it's his favorite time of the year for a best-of list to look at the past 12 months. I love these. I love lists. I love comparing and contrasting the million things I saw at one time. Well, I didn't want to rely on just you for your recall, and that is why we have brought in the, the heavy artillery, Jason Agnew and Dan the Mouth Lavransky, who have compiled their lists. And it's going to be a very happy show because next week, all the negativity will come out. Isn't that the show that brings us more joy, though? That's true. It's very cathartic. Yes, mm. it's very cathartic because you can purge all that stuff that really annoyed you all year. Get it out of your system one last time. We promise satisfaction at the end of all of these shows. So sit back. We are going to go through all of our categories and we're going to dive right into things. Yo, before we go into, do you, you know how many people have requested this show? A lot. This just seems like the two shows that people look forward to every year because when uh, the abrupt ending came to our previous show, it was this one. Everyone's like, sure, yeah, we want you every week. But in particular, are you getting back together so you can do that best and worst stuff? Just want that best and worst stuff? I'm guessing it's the person who's just updating the Wikipedia page where they clearly document each and every pick we've done for about a decade. All right. Oh, I, wow. I want to thank the Wikipedia person because he or she has done a phenomenal job. Up until not including last year's worst of picks, which oh. I had to manually go back and find. But I did. Oh, so you did. I, and I have a week to catch up on all of that. Yeah, as well. isn't, yeah, that's right. Uh, is, isn't there a site you can go to that has the, the worst of picks on it? Isn't well, that documented on some <laughs> site somewhere? Uh, might By be. tracking it down. Uh, might be. I mean, given, uh, if net tr- neutrality ever comes up to Canada, uh-huh. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, to access it again. Gotcha. Let us go into best male wrestler. Of 2017. Last year, waiting sat Whoa, this, this is show the first out. annual. There's no last year, is there? First well, annual, John. First annual. But let's say hypothetically <laughs> that we were looking at the past year. <laughs> okay. How you would have categorized 2016. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. We just happened to have them, you know. Oh, okay. From, All right. Like, right. Just, <laughs> we just reality. sat in a room last year and yeah. talked about it, and you wrote it down. Yes. Okay, yes. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Good. So th- this is kind of like uh, before Vince McMahon went national. We are going to acknowledge that there was <laughs> wrestling before the national <laughs> expansion <laughs> yes. when nice. everything really grew. Gotcha. Uh, last year, Dan Lebransky chose Kenny Omega. Myself and Jay chose AJ Styles for Wrestler of the Year. And... Let us start with Jay, with your wrestler of the year. Uh, yeah, this year I'm going to choose Kenny Omega. 
Uh, reason being, I mean, everyone's out there is probably saying, "Oh, Agnew, you're not much of a New Japan fan." But if you look at this from even an outsider's point of view, in my opinion, obviously there's all the great matches that he had with Okada. Along with that, it to me, it's more so along with his in-ring pushing New Japan into North America and mm-hmm. being the marketing machine that he is. His work with the Bullet Club and the Elite and in the past two months, this program with Jericho mm. has done more, yeah. in my opinion, to push New Japan into North America than anything that they have done previously. Mouth. Uh, I'm with Jay. I'm picking Kenny Omega again as well. I mean, the beginning of last year, we were talking about him. The end of this year, mm-hmm. we're talking about him. The matches with Okada, and yeah, again, the, uh, the thing with Jericho. And I agree, he's going to be the guy that's going to help get them into North America. So I, I, I just see nothing but uh, great stuff from Kenny Omega this year. Way, are you in agreement on Kenny Omega, or are you going a different route? I'm actually going with Kazuchika Okada, and uh, for me, even as an infrequent New Japan viewer, I think you really couldn't have helped but to hear or be caught up in the incredible hype of the run he had as IWGP champion. Um, I feel like nobody in the world has been given as much of a, as big of a platform as he has, and exceeded those high expectations. I'm in agreement with Way. I went with Okada, who I thought had uh, maybe the greatest year I've seen a professional wrestler have in the time that I've been following it from, of course, the trilogy with Omega, but as well the pair of matches uh, with Minoru Suzuki this yep. year, both in February and then later in the G1. He had the title defense against Kota Ibushi at the anniversary show in March. And then you had a match that most years probably would have clinched match of the year with Shibata that unfortunately is remembered for the toll it took on Shibata and was probably the last match of his career. Okada just dominated this year. I think it was on par with the great years you would associate Flair in 89, Kobashi 04, 05. It was just an unbelievable year uh, for Kazuchika Okada. So I like that we, uh, Okada and Omega. I mean, (laughs) I I think you can make arguments for for both. both. Yeah. So now we'll flip over uh, to a category where it was a big year for women's wrestling uh, the world over, beyond just the WWE, but also Stardom and many other promotions as well. So looking to last year for Best Female Wrestler, Mouth, you chose Charlotte. Agnew as well had Charlotte, and it was a clean sweep. All three of us chose Charlotte. Uh, this one, let's start off with Way with Best Female Wrestler of 2017. My best female wrestler of 2017 was Asuka. In terms of in-ring, I really don't think she has any equal. Um, in the main roster, certainly, maybe you can look at NXT right now and maybe say that there are uh, a lot of contenders. But certainly, in my opinion right now, she is the best. She hasn't really been able to show it yet, but I think the ability is there. Mouth. Uh, same. I went with exactly the same. I just think the, and that's the fact that she is always great in the ring. And I agree with way she hasn't really had the chance to shine yet. But I love the, I love this idea that she's been undefeated and they're actually, you know, kind of building her up. She just needs, she just needs that one kind of killer feud, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of get her over uh, to the masses. But in terms of the in ring and this stuff that she's done, and she did have great matches. The Amber Moon matches, the Nikki Cross match was really good. But, um, I just, I, 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 I think she's the one. And I think this year we'll see even more. Mm-hmm. Could we have our first clean sweep, Jay? Yeah, I picked Asuka as well for all those reasons. I, overall, though, I think it's a bad year for um, the performance of female 
wrestlers. I think that last year was stronger. The year before that was a mm. bit of a peak when you had yeah. NXT. All of these performers are better utilized on NXT. And even though I'm picking Asuka this year, I'm picking her for the first half of the year and her work in NXT and pretty much nothing she's done on the main <laughs> roster, which kicked off really nicely with that ridiculous Emma feud that they threw mm. her into. I also chose Asuka. I guess I was more pessimistic than most about her move to the main roster, so I'm I'm at least happy that she's in the position she's in now and has not been relegated to comedy skits. Mm-hmm. And I mean, compare yeah. her to Bailey, for instance. Right. I mean, she's in a much better uh, position. But I thought she had a tremendous year and someone that you could literally headline takeovers with. She when she left, yeah. I felt she was the top star on that brand uh, when she was brought up. We now move on to best tag team of the year. Last year, another clean sweep. All three of us choosing the Young Bucks. Mouth, who is your best tag team of the year? Uh, it didn't change. I mean, I, I really can't think of another team that gets the reaction that those guys get when they're in the ring. Plus, they're just so smart with their marketing and their uh, the merchandise and the way that they can survive outside the WWE system and be profitable. Uh, they're a hit wherever they go, whether it's Ring of Honor, New Japan, indie promotions, it doesn't matter. And the being the elite thing is is amazing as well. Like uh, The Young Bucks, for me, they just have it all. And the matches are always exciting. Jay? Yeah, I mean, I think that you have to pick the Bucks here for all of those reasons. The only honorable mention that I want to throw out is the Usos, because mm. I think that they reinvented themselves yep. this year. They had an excellent and extended feud with the New Day, where and, and kind of almost brought the New Day back to life on what had been a bit of an expired gimmick as well. And I fully give credit to the Usos for that and how those guys work with one another. And if you look back to the turning point on them, I would say that rap battle that they have, mm. it, as strange as it was, <laughs> because all it was was a rap battle, They it worked to what their characters now are. And if you think back to the cartoons those guys were, to what they've become, uh, I think they, they, I can't pick them as my best team because they suffer from their booking and generally a lot Lack of competition beyond the New Day. Um, so I'll pick the Young Bucks, but a big honorable mention to the Usos this I, year. I think the funny thing that with them, too, is that Usos and New Day, a lot of the times on certain pay-per-views, they were the best match on the card. Look yes. at that, that cell or cage match yeah, they the had hell, this exactly, year. Yeah, exactly. The Hell, hell in the Cell was, was excellent. If you look at Battleground, which overall was a pretty crappy show, their match with the Usos was excellent. Yeah, maybe the best kickoff match. Yeah. Yeah, ever. Um, you know, the Young Bucks are probably the MVP tag team. But I was so impressed with the Usos, I chose them this really? year as my tag team just because they made so many significant improvements. The heel turn was great. The Their style of promo that was so fresh. I, I just find them to be a phenomenal tag team in in the WWE mm-hmm. where sometimes it's very difficult yeah. to get that kind of a following on the main roster as a tag team. So for that reason, I went with the Usos. Way? I'm going with the Bucks as well. Uh, I think aside from having... Amazing matches every time they perform live. I think the business they built on their own yep. is quite revolutionary for modern pro wrestlers. They managed to expand a niche audience to something that feels very mainstream at this point, and they've done it all wrestling a style that they've been told to tone down their entire careers and even creating their own TV show. So really taking wrestling into their own hands and doing a great job of it. Next up, we go to best on the mic. Last year, Mouth, you chose Conor McGregor. Agnew had the combination of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. And myself, I chose Kevin Owens for pro wrestling and Conor McGregor for MMA. Uh, I'll start. This year, I just had uh, one pick. And I thought there were quite a lot of options. Uh, 
people like an Eli Drake, for instance, that I oh, think yeah. is a very good uh, talker on impact. Uh, but this year, I went with The Miz. I thought mm. he was tremendous in the build-up to the John Cena program. And when he's able to go out and do a full-fledged promo, yeah. I thought he was just on point this year as a character and utilizing other avenues like Talking Smack to get his character across. And that transferred over onto SmackDown and later Raw this year as well. Jay. Yeah, The Miz is great. No doubt he was a consideration, but I can't look beyond Kevin Owens this year. I think the guy is tremendous. And it's not, it's funny. Um, he's really great on the mic when he knows he's cutting a promo. But to me, it's the thing that, the things that he does, uh, with his mouth while off the mic. Yeah. It's those little bits where he and Sammy are on the ramp and he's yelling, it's my best friend! It's my best! And he's hugging him as SmackDown is going off the air, not even knowing if he's definitely on camera or doing it for the live crowd. The stuff he does in the back, the stuff he would do on Talking Smack. It's any time that there is a camera and a microphone on Kevin Owens, he is ready to perform and he's a tremendous improviser yes. as well. This mm-hmm. guy is probably brilliant. the best. Yeah. yeah. I, I like it. Even in the matches themselves. Yes. Like that, I love the way that he's brought back that idea of the heel yelling at your opponent during the matches. He's fantastic. There's no dead spot in his matches. No. If it's it's a rear chin lock for a minute, he's going to engage with someone at ringside and keep your attention. So that's a a great choice. So is that your pick as well, Muff? No, actually, I went with Conor McGregor again just because I thought he really was the mouthpiece that got the fight over with Floyd. I didn't think Floyd really did a lot to to drum up public interest where I, as I thought Connor kind of had the whole, had to kind of do the whole thing himself. And the fact that he got all those people to order that pay-per-view and watch that show to me, that's a pretty good gift of the gab way. My best on the mic for 2017 is John Cena. I oh. thought he had, you know, some not necessarily, um, he wasn't on every single week, but the times that he was on and the times that he was, uh, called upon to perform, he knocked it out of the park. And I'm talking about segments with The Miz in the build-up to WrestleMania where he d- destroyed The Miz in multiple weeks. And The Miz himself is a fantastic promo. Um, he ethered Roman Reigns <laughs> in probably my favorite promo segment of the year. So he comes across like a guy at this point in his career who has this special secret skill, but he doesn't need to show it off by using it all the time unless he's provoked. All good choices. We now move on over to best announcer. Last year, Jay and Dan picked Corey Graves. And my choice, he only called two events this year, and that was Steve Carino. Uh, (laughs) We did not hear a peep out of uh, beyond a pair of New Japan cards at the beginning of the year. Uh, This year, uh, best announcer, starting off with mouth. Uh, I picked Corey Graves again. I mean, I just think he's, he gets, he just keeps getting better and better. And he's such a great example of that old school heel that knows what to do with the baby face, knows what to do with the heel, doesn't distract, doesn't make it sound like he's just talking about himself constantly. Uh, And I just think a, a lot of the other announcers on Raw and SmackDown to me are, pretty well are hurting in in large degrees some of them and i just think he's such he, he might be overworked but i'm always glad when he's there and he always seems to hold when it c- turns into chaos he seems to be the one that can kind of hold it together yeah and despite all the hours on television he still doesn't feel no overexposed no yet. exactly yeah uh way your best announcer of the year my best announcer of 2017 and i am completely biased because this man is my friend and former colleague but moro ronaldo to me is still the best professional wrestling announcer in the game right now um you know it's been i guess a tumultuous year for yeah. him 
But uh, coming back to NXT, the team of him and Nigel, I think, are great. Sorry, Percy, but <laughs> Moro and Nigel together, I think, are fantastic. Jay? Yeah, I got to go with Corey uh, once again. Let's also consider that here's a guy who's made the transition from NXT to the main roster, and despite having Vince in his ear the entire show, uh, which we know and we've heard from other announcers such as Mick Foley and Taz and JBL saying that it's hell to work in this environment, Corey maintains his character yeah. and is and and just – you know, takes the piss out of Byron or Booker, which is very funny uh, oh, to listen to. Especially well. with Booker. I love it with Booker, yeah. Uh, this was one where I did split it between wrestling and MMA. For wrestling, uh, first of all, I do give an honorable mention to Moro. I think he's much better suited being on the NXT broadcast yeah. now. Uh, but I went with a guy who wasn't even an announcer a year ago when we did this show, and that was Don Callis, who has just become one of the best color guys in the business. And I thought this year he was fantastic, especially at getting over Kenny Omega as having much like the Ric Flair, Bobby Heenan dynamic when Heenan was on commentary, uh, even getting involved in a tremendous angle a couple of weeks back with the Chris Jericho introduction. So Don Callis was my pick on the wrestling side. And for MMA, I'm choosing a guy that just left Bellator and had been there almost since day one. And that was Jimmy Smith, who is a guy that doesn't always get a lot of credit, but when you look at the different partners he's had that he's excelled with, from Sean Wheelock, Sean Grandy, Maura Ranallo, and Mike Goldberg, all of these guys, he's just a chameleon that he has phenomenal knowledge. He can score fights as he's calling him, calling them, which is a skill set not many color analysts can do. They explain how difficult it is to score a fight when you're calling it. He does it very well. So those are my two picks. And then we go to best non-wrestling performer. Last year, Mouth, you chose Senor Benjamin, Vanguard One, <laughs> and King Maxwell. Ah, oh, well, not this year, Mouth. Agnew chose Allie, and I chose Tom Phillips. Uh, wow, <laughs> for his straight man work with uh, Jericho and Owens. Just yeah. the way he worked off right. of him, yeah. and it was his reaction. So, uh, spoiler, he won't be repeating this here for myself. I don't think anybody's going to be repeating this I don't this think any year. of them are yeah. going to be named yeah, exactly. in this yeah. forthcoming yeah. segment, but let us find out who Jay chose as his best non-wrestling performer for the year. I had a problem with this category this year, guys. I didn't have anyone that stuck out. I mean, the default is always there to say Paul Heyman, but even that... His promos were great, but they were Paul Heyman. Yeah, My level they were spectacular. It is very high. I don't know if this is allowed, but let's face it. So we had a, a year that was rather tumultuous in regards to when when we were hoofed out of what we were doing. The only thing that I enjoyed every week in the world of wrestling is when I turned on a podcast and listened to Dave Meltzer. I thought about it too. Wow. He is my, oh my best non-wrestling yep. performer. That's I didn't so get funny. to talk to him every week like, like we used to do, but he was always my highlight. He is how I kept up with the business, even when I got frustrated with watching WWE, and God knows I don't watch Impact anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's Dave Meltzer is my favorite That's thing awesome. about wrestling in general. <laughs> I mean, there's a finish named after him. I that mean, he was incorporated yeah. on television. So yeah. there you go. That's that's my winner this okay, year. Okay, that's the best pick so far. That's good. Of any of these. Uh, I'll quickly get mine out. Listen, uh, when you look at Impact, this is one area where they have a lot of strong personalities that are not wrestlers. And I chose Conan. I think he's yeah. tremendous as the head of LAX. Phenomenal promo and really makes that group. So I chose Conan. Mouth? Believe it or not, I went to Impact as well. 
but it wasn't Conan. I picked Dan Lambert yeah. for his for oh, yeah. his work in that angle. In you know what basically is a show that's a cesspool. His work in that angle was absolutely amazing. He was such a natural. He understands the history. That promo he did with those old title belts that are from his own collection. Mm-hmm. That was one of honestly that to me was the promo of the year. I thought that was guys. Who's never cut a promo before? Yeah, I, I thought the guy was absolutely brilliant. He knows it. He understands it. He got out there exactly. Had never done it before and to me was totally one of the standouts when it came to best non-wrestling performer and one of the few things I can say I enjoyed about Impact this year. You know, Jim Cornette would have been in this category if yep. he was just ran around yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, he I wasn't. Agree. Yeah, They just messed up with yeah. his shooting in Canada and yep. Jim not being able to get up here. But he was exquisite for the weeks that he was on TV this year. There's some great talkers in, in Impact yeah. and primarily the majority of them non-wrestlers. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a category they're very heavy on. Wait. My picture of this category is a man who might not be eligible for it next year, and that is Daniel Bryan. I mm. thought he started the year making Talking Smack an incredibly organic forum for wrestling improvisation. He made that show, and props to Renee as well. I think she gets honorable mention in this category as well for continuing to be a standout uh, in that backstage role. And who lost yeah. all of her shows this year, too. Talking mm-hmm. Smack, Unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Daniel Bryan has gone on from doing that to playing a great babyface GM. I I don't necessarily think that anybody can pull that off. I mean, you know, Kurt Angle's doing okay, but I think Brian is better. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't think you'd get any argument there. He sells storylines really well. He's he's doing a great job in this Shane Angle. And even the brief time he was back on commentary two weeks ago, I thought he did a great job sticking to his character, selling a storyline, and not taking too much focus away from the match. Uh, he's my pick. The next category is most improved. Last year, Mouth, you said AJ Styles, but specifically for his promo work, yes, not mm, yes, his right, right. skill. Jay picked Alexa Bliss, and I chose The Miz. So, and for most improved, that The Miz may have won for us like over the span of twice over like eight years. Yep. He had like the big improvement when he won the title, right? And then he detoured, yes. and then he made a second big comeback in his career. Uh, this year, uh, for most improved, I gave honorable mention to uh, Hirai Kawato, one of the young lions in New Japan. Uh, my choice, though, was Juice Robinson, who oh, yeah. is just night and day if you are just familiar with CJ Parker mm-hmm. in NXT. Had yeah. a feud with Naito, tremendous G1, culminating with the Shaka yeah. in Osaka, win- <laughs> winning over Kenny Omega, and then having the title match with Kenny Omega later in the year. Tremendous character. Uh, his improvements in the ring have been incredible to watch For if you look back to January 1st to today and where he's improved. Nice. Mouth. Well, my guy, kind of it's the idea that he got out from under what he was trapped by and he's managed to improve just by the very fact that he's not trapped under the same thing, umbrella anymore, and that's Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I thought he did amazing. I mean, he was held back for so long in WWE with that silly gimmick. No chance to grow. No chance to do anything. Now he's one of my favorites to watch. I've loved all the stuff in Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm almost a little disappointed that they've taken the belt off him with uh, and put it on Dalton Castle, but I'm guessing it's going to go back to Cody pretty closely. Of course, the stuff in New Japan as well i just love his gimmick as the american nightmare his promos have been great uh even the the fur coat in some of those promos like his dad and and flair there i i just think now that he's out from under that problem with the wwe he's improved so much be just because he's been allowed to improve most improved way my most improved goes to three people and that would include the usos as well as naomi 
Three people in the Fatu household. I thought all three of them were floundering prior to this year, whether just as baby faces or part of this team bad, just doing nothing and not really showing any personality. But over the past year, I think all three have managed to convey far more confidence, far more personality on camera and improving their looks as well. I think Naomi's entrance is actually probably my favorite in the WWE right now. So they've done a great job, I think. So the glow doesn't have to go in 2017. You can do better. (laughs) Jay, mine for this, and I'm surprised he hasn't been mentioned. Maybe it's just because I was doing the NXT show, but watching Patrick Clark evolve Mm. into the Velveteen Mm. Dream. Yeah. Uh... A character that I did not like when it first popped up. I thought it was uh, just way too, way too big. But he's grown into it. The feud with Alistair Black just set NXT yeah. on fire this year. I see great, and that 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 uh, elbow drop mm-hmm. as well. Perfect form on the elbow drop all the time. There are huge things that are going to come from Patrick Clark. It's going to be an actual tough enough success story here. Uh, was it tough enough? Was that what you yeah, 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 it was tough enough. The right? winners are not going to be remembered no. from that season. Mandy Rose and Velveteen Dream are going to be the <laughs> alumni. Yeah, and Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream, Velveta Dream, as I like to call him. This guy should have the NXT belt around his waist by next year at this time. Wow, high praise from Jason Agnew. Best- and an honorable mention to Drew Gulak. Mm. For his recent connection and work on the microphone and pairing with Enzo, yes, uh, I meant to mention him and Best on the Mic, but on 205 Live, which it's so hard to connect, this guy has managed to break out. He is funny. Yeah. His timing is excellent, and he's not given enough credit for it. So, Drew Gulak, props. Best comeback. Last year, all three of us went with Bill Goldberg. Uh, this year... Uh, let's start with Way. your best comeback of the year. Mm, my best comeback this year is uh, a guy who was kind of doing nothing on the lower card. I suppose this could also, yeah, I wouldn't call this one best improved because I always felt this guy was very talented, but this year he got to show it. He's Neville. He was a guy who was doing nothing prior, but ended up being one of the most well-rounded performers in the company, both in ring and on the mic. And, uh, unfortunately, it didn't really end the year too well without, uh, I mean, we haven't really seen it much of him. Nothing and, since he left. And the company, maybe, unfortunately, didn't see much of him either beyond 205 Live. Uh, and here's a man who I thought was far more talented than the role he was given. Jay. Uh, I am going with, well, Mouth, you explained this earlier. This is where I put Cody Rhodes. Okay. Because to me, it was a comeback. Here's someone that was, you know, uh, fighting with a Stardust character and some really weird stuff going on and all that he's turned himself into. I very much enjoy watching guys who are not necessarily part of the WWE and are basically giving Vince the finger and going, we can do this without you, pal. Uh, And that's, for all the reasons that Mouth said earlier, my best comeback is Cody Rhodes this year. Mouth. Well, I, I picked the comeback where the person literally came back from death. It looked like this guy was going to die. Oh, I'm picking Ric Flair. Literal comeback. Wow. I'm, I'm picking Ric Flair because, I mean, Jay and I were, Jay was sending me emails. Well, you better have your Flair old bit ready, Mouth, because I think it's going to happen. Well, and man, like dark we, email exchanges like, between you two. <laughs> like we were, like we were, a lot of people really thought this is it for Ric Flair. The 35 years of partying and craziness have caught up to him, and he he went in there and they they fixed him up, and he's back 
and we've seen him on TV again already. It really is a miracle. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you could think of any other comeback being more spectacular than that one. Well, we should have left mouths for the end because <laughs> I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> My best comeback was George St. Pierre, who came back to oh, yeah. participate in a sporting event and won a title. <laughs> I thought that was pretty impressive, but I guess Ric Flair is on a, a different level in 2000. Well, I found that GSP went a little hard just because he's out of it now again already. You know what I mean? Like yeah, after four years away to come back and look like he did, go up a weight class and beat someone yeah. heavier than him in a, in a convincing fashion. That's a great pick. Yeah. But I mean, death and stuff too. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's a bigger fight, I think. Mouth has broadened the uh, the scope of that that particular award. Best gimmick. Last year, all three of us chose Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah. This year, we are going uh, probably in many different directions. I'll start this one off. I gave an honorable mention to Velveteen Dream. I, yeah. I co-signed what Jay said earlier. Uh, but my best gimmick of the year was Tatsuya Naito and Lij. And what clinched it for me was our pal Mike telling me how much his daughters yes. are just huge they love it. Yeah. LIJ fans. Yeah. And it has uh, really transcended. Uh, Way was there in Japan where I think everyone will acknowledge just what merchandise machines they are. So can I just there. can I just interrupt? Uh, so I, I know Mike. Mike's a friend of, of all of us. And he actually asked me to buy some LIJ merch Yeah, for, for his girls, yeah. And LIJ are really one of the only people in that New Japan store to sell kid-sized clothing. Oh. Outside of the New Japan shirt itself, it was LIJ. Like that, there's not that a tiger the mask one for little kids? I don't think so. Really? Not, yeah. No Minoru Suzuki? <laughs> At least they didn't sell it in the New Japan store. Wow. But that just I would think ones like you. Liger and Tiger Mask, yeah. you would have those for kids, right? I'm not sure. But, but in terms of merch, they are definitely the top wow. in Japan. Well, LIJ is my best gimmick of the year. Jay, we go to you. Um, for mine, I, again, reflecting back to what I said about guys who are outside WWE and are saying, F you, Vince, we can do it ourselves. Uh, it is the Bullet Club and the Elite, uh, the evasion, invasion angle that they did. Yep. Uh, these guys just constantly doing their self-promo in social media uh, this gimmick is real. They just look like they're having a really fun time living life and being professional wrestlers. And when you're living the gimmick, it's a great gimmick. Uh, and that is, uh, that's my best gimmick. Let's go to way with best gimmick. My best gimmick this year is Braun Strowman. It's such a simple concept, this big monster who is impossible to kill and likes to destroy things. He plays the Incredible Hulk, and I think they made it, did it, done a great job of making him feel That's like that. That's the thing. The booking was so important yes. with a character like that. Like the, the fact that they stuck to him, they didn't dilute mm. him, they kept him super strong. That's a big part of that. I thought, Except for an elf video. Yeah, yeah. you know, even even some of the other things like being uh, uh, stuck in the trash garbage can, garbage compactor, things kind of bordered on comical at times. But I think overall, the audience sees him as sort of a a a Bill Goldberg who can actually wrestle and doesn't have to rely on that industry. Right, Mouth, your best gimmick. I'm with Jay Bullet Club. I mean, it's just so over huge. The fact that they're doing it on their own, like he said, and the fact that you know the Bullet Club T-shirts are kind of becoming the Austin 316 T-shirt of this era. You watch wrestling on TV, yeah. and it, you know, and I'm talking the WWE shows, and there's like a sea of Bullet Club. You watch Ring of Honor, it's practically all Bullet Club T-shirts. So mm-hmm. I agree with Jay. I just think they've done such a great job. They're marketing, they're merchandise, and they've done it without the big machine behind them. 
You know what I'm shocked about with the Bullet Club t-shirts, and this is just because I'm, I'm currently working on a news station, is that you hear all these things in schools, and I'm shocked those shirts haven't been banned from schools. Right. Because it says guns Bullet on the Club front. on it with guns yeah. on it. And I'm really shocked that there hasn't been at least banned from one school somewhere, and all of a sudden you get a controversy. Which Another, would be great for them. Absolutely. Yeah, they'd love That's it. for sure what I was <laughs> thinking of. You get a news story based around it, suddenly mainstream media jumps on, and Hot Topic uh, sells out of them Even once more. again. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's that's actually a great point. We go to a huge category for 2017, match of the year, which uh, was perhaps the best hard. year <laughs> of, of match quality this year. Uh, last year, Dan, you picked uh, Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito from the G1 Climax. Jay picked The Miz, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro 4-Way from the Extreme Rules event. I chose Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 10. Way, we will start off with you. Your match of the year for 2017. Well, I feel like you, there are a number of matches you can just kind of interchange at the top oh, here. Oh, it's and, insane. And yeah. With. But I went with Okada Omega 2, a match that the first iteration of was touted as the greatest of all time. These two men were somehow expected to top that. And in many people's minds, they did that. So I feel like it's an incredible achievement in professional wrestling creativity. Yeah, I'll just uh, follow on that because that was my pick as well. Because coming off the Wrestle Kingdom show, there was the thought, is this too soon to yes. be going back to this? And the expectation level was enormous. They went out. They had one of the most compelling 60-minute matches I've ever seen. A very dramatic finish that still left things open-ended where Omega couldn't get the win over Okada, who just escaped after the time limit expired. And of the three, that was my favorite of Okada and Omega's matches in 2017. Mouth, are you uh, in the I, same boat? Well, I'm I'm close, but I wanted to pick this one because I'm picking the third match with Omega and Okada. Okay. Because I just thought, I knew the first two are going to get lots of votes, right? And I just thought they did such a great job, again, kind of building on what Way said, that you had to come up with something different for this mm -hmm. third match. And again, fairly recent after the second match, right? With, with a 30-minute time limit. It's right. Like coming off a 60. That's right. So they've already, they've already done that. And I just thought the first two matches were that kind of classic style, slow-moving, very methodical, and, and, and the slow, slow build. Whereas this one, I thought the story was, okay, look, I, I can't beat him by being more slow and methodical I have to just go after him and it's that there's a real intensity I watched it again last night there's a real intensity in the entire 30 minutes where it's the idea that okay we just have to go all out if we're going to beat each other here man we can't be tricky about this and I just thought they did such a great great job and the crowd was even super hot for this one too like they were just go they're going ballistic so I wanted to give a nod to match number three because I didn't think it would get as much attention as the other two and I, I thought it for in its place and what it did, I thought it was great. And you got the win finally for Omega 2. It's also a trilogy, not just because there were three matches. It's if you watch match 1, 2, and yeah, 3 they make sense. consecutively. It's a story. It's a three-part story yeah, absolutely. that completely makes sense from start to finish. Yep. Jay, your match of the uh, year. I'm just going to buck the trend here, and, and I'm going to go over to, I'll be the WWE guy on this, because uh, it's what I tend to watch most. And I'm going to choose Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream uh, and the match they had, I believe it was in Chicago. No, it was at War Games. 
Yes. It was War Games that, that they had this match. It was great. I've always maintained that I'm a storyline guy. This was an excellent storyline based on something just by saying, say my name over and over. The culmination of it, and then afterwards, Black is in the ring after a great match between the two of them and actually says uh, Velveteen Dream's name as well, which really spun him over with the potential to go ahead and be a babyface if they want him to be. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it did a lot for both of their characters. So I will be the North American guy in this category. <laughs> yeah, and it's been interesting that since that match, and I, I don't know the specific reason, he yeah. hasn't been on television since, that when he's at the next tapings, I feel he's going to be babyface, 100%. The, the, the interesting aspect of it is he will be a babyface to the fans. However... Will he be booked as a babyface in NXT? They do tend to get it right in NXT, but, you know, we'll see. It's still a WWE product. I would say both those people you chose, I think they're going to have enormous years. Mm. Like, Aleister Black yep. is just superstar, written yep. all over that guy. One of the, I mean, do you think one of these two is the mania, the big mania call-up? One of these two guys? I'll say this, I think both will be on the roster by the, this time next, next year. year. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's one of the biggest problems with NXT is they're not just doing the once-a-year call-ups. It's almost every time... After the big four, they're doing these call-ups, and it's just so hard to replenish the NXT roster that they're going to have to be signing and signing and signing guys, and you're not going to get someone that's down there for 18 months because they'll be up in half that time. We go to feud of the year. Last year, Mouth, you chose Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz for MMA and Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg for professional wrestling. I chose McGregor Diaz for MMA, and on wrestling chose Ricochet and Will Ospreay, and Agnew chose... TNA versus Billy Corgan. <laughs> Good for me. <laughs> I got a new feud for TNA this year, but uh, anyhow, we won't go there. Can I start here? You go. Alrighty, uh, my feud of the year. It hasn't even. Oh, we're we doing wrestling and MMA, so we can. Uh, with uh, with MMA, it's Mayweather McGregor for me. Obviously, it set the world on fire. Mm. Uh, that was insanity, uh, and it's one of the biggest sports stories of the year. Period. For wrestling, it hasn't even culminated yet. But the fact of the matter is, Jericho and Omega is so mm. exciting. Alpha Omega, the marketing behind it, the angles that are done so organically and are clearly just bullet point angles. Simple. The Simple. press conference, the use of color in the attack on Omega and the put, putting the blood on his, Jericho putting yep. the blood on his face was such a throwback and so enjoyable to watch and so simple so simple. and the other point the great point in that jericho changing his look like jericho's just, a master just the fact that he came across he looked meaner he looked tougher it, it suited perfectly what he was doing it was great chris jericho this is going to sound weird but i can explain chris jericho is the madonna of professional wrestling yes, keep changing he's continually changed his look he's continually reinvented himself and he continually makes himself interesting to yep. fans he's fascinating Jay is so engaged in this feud that this Thursday he's coming over to my place. You guys are gonna watch it live? Oh yeah, he's gonna come over live. It's like four in the morning, right? Yeah, four or be, five in the morning. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Me and Max are gonna watch it with Jay. <laughs> nice. Over coffee. Nice. I uh, uh we'll, we'll go to myself. I'm gonna choose uh for my wrestling feud of the year, Okada and Omega for obvious reasons, as we kind of went over for match of the year, and of course, MMA, it has to be Mayweather yep, McGregor. Yep. I mean, I was watching Sports Center this week and it was one of their top ten stories there you of go. the year. It there just you go. it transcended um four point three million buys. It was uh incredible. So hard to choose anything else. But 
Go ahead, Way. I, I echo John's uh, uh, choices for both of those categories, uh, but in particular with o- Okada Omega on the wrestling side of things, I thought it was the most talked about feud all year on either side, probably of the Pacific. And uh, I think something like we, you, Mouth, you, like you didn't, you and I, like we did that uh, uh, Flair Steamboat trilogy yes, yes. review. And like, uh, I feel like we have in contention now something that might also be considered maybe something that tops that as best right. trilogy of all time. Right. So I certainly think it at least earns it best feud of the year. Mouth, those are all the awesome, great, legit picks, but I went a little bit more silly and I picked Anthem Entertainment against the Hardys. Because oh, I just, yeah. Yeah, I yep. just thought it, it was, a, it was a, very entertaining. That's the thing; it yeah. was entertaining on both sides, and the, had a payoff at the end. That's it. We got to see the finish at the end, and I just loved the stuff from Anthem trying to be really tough, and the Hardys just kind of making fun of them all the time. Especially Rebby, the stuff that she put out was just hilarious. I, I, it really caught my attention. Yeah, it had a beginning, middle, end, and we saw what happened. And I, I just thought I didn't think anyone would really bring that up, so I just thought it would be a, and, a and fun you know, one like, to put in there. There was all. Also, like it was a feud that ended with the talent on Impact benefiting from it, where now they can control their characters yeah, and exactly. leave with them. It, there was something tangible that this came out of it. This bad press generated, and at least Impact realized, and and the talent at least gets a benefit out of it. Yeah, that's that's it. And how how often does that happen? Uh, we now move on over to Angle of the Year, which. I found there were quite a lot of good ones this past year. Last year, Mouth, you chose Bill Goldberg pinning Brock Lesnar at the Survivor Series. Agnew picked the Bullet Club shaving Jay Lethal's head. And I went with Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club kicking AJ Styles out of the group at New Year's Dash the night after Wrestle Kingdom and sending AJ on his way to the Royal Rumble. This year, for Angle of the Year, we will start things off with Mouth. I, all the stuff that Jay just talked about, I picked J- the angle with the Jericho and Omega. Oh, okay. Where he attacked, he attacked him in New Japan. It was everything you said. It was simple and direct, yet incredibly intense. Great reinvention uh, by Jericho once again. And you know, again, like I mentioned earlier with Omega, we're talking about Omega again at the end of the year, just like we were last year. So, and uh, and it's drawing in people like you. You don't even watch New yep. Japan that much, and you are pumped. You're going to watch it live for God's sake. Yeah, I know. So that to me is a pretty good angle when it pulls in not only the diehard fans that want to see it but it pulls in people from other places and it's it's probably going to be helpful in them coming to over here as well they want to get into north america so jay what is your best angle of the year i'm just reeling at the fact i've been volunteered to be up at four in the morning when i'm working this week anyhow uh i feel guilty about choosing this but it was it was the angle of the year that i rewound and watched over and over again I feel bad about it, but Kevin Owens headbutting Vince McMahon was something that was crazy. we have yep. not seen on television in so long. Once again, I mean, it's credit to both of these guys because Vince McMahon is a master when he is put in that situation. Should he be? Absolutely not. Should this angle have happened? No, it shouldn't have. However, it was great. I can't, I, it was, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And it was just so great. And very memorable. Like, that's one that people yeah. are going to remember. It shouldn't have happened. I feel very guilty about this, but it was <laughs> not, so but good. But not guilty enough not to pick no, it. No, I have to pick it. It was just so good. Go ahead. Sometimes you suffer for the art. I mean, that's what uh, yes. went through in that angle. Way. My best angle of the year was Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, and the Festival of Friendship. I thought they did a tremendous job delaying that inevitable breakup that I think everybody saw coming from, yeah. probably from since right. last year. But even so, by the time that it came down to it, I thought they knocked it out of the park. Uh, everything with the, the, the list reveal, 
um, to the attack and into the screen. I thought we saw two masterful performers showing off their talents and creativity, and that was my pick. Yeah, I had a few others uh, as honorable mentions. Suzuki Gun returning at New Year's Dash. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa turning on Johnny Gargano to end TakeOver, mm. where they'd even put up the, the copyright graphic. You think the show's going right? Off? Yeah, that's um, the unfortunate part about that. No is payoff. No payoff. Yeah. Until yeah. he comes back. The, yeah, well, the, and then it's going to be... Delay. Yeah, yeah. But my pick was also the Festival of Friendship. I thought it was phenomenally executed that you went through. You saw every level of Chris Jericho, the over-the-top comedy. You saw that then this great swerve at the end that the audience was tipped off just seconds before you knew what was yeah. going to happen, which I thought is a device rarely used in pro wrestling. And then after, when speaking with Jericho about how much he had to battle that day to get this angle approved and to go ahead with it, and it was a fight he, he engaged in all day and ended up getting his way and it turned out to be, in my opinion, the best angle of the year. So, uh, Colman, Jericho had a, a series of big angles in mm-hmm. 2017. Our next category is Best Wrestling Pay-Per-View of the Year. Last year, Mouth chose Ring of Honor's Final Battle event. Jay went with NXT TakeOver Toronto. And I had New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling event. Uh, this year, I stuck with New Japan and chose the Dominion card, which I thought uh, narrowly beat out Wrestle Kingdom. This had the rematch between Okada and Omega with the 60-minute draw, rematch between Naito and Tanahashi, as well as Kushida defeating Hiromu Takahashi, and a really excellent Young Bucks match against Rapongi Vice. Uh, Way, what was your best wrestling pay-per-view? My favorite pay-per-view this year was TakeOver Chicago. I thought that the TakeOvers have always been shows that I look forward to. They contain probably the best atmospheres that come across on uh, television and professional wrestling, at least for North America. Um, Great angle in the finish with the breakup of DIY. And then you also had Dunn versus Bait. I think these are always kept short and sweet, and you're always left wanting more. Mouth. uh, I went with Wrestle Kingdom from last year just because the first Omega Okada match and Takahashi and Kushida, Goto and Shibata, Naito and Tanahashi, like just a great card, totally a wound up crowd. Yeah, awesome. And Jay? Take over Chicago for all the reasons that Way said. Uh, two hours. Two hours yeah. and a bit. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm good with it. Next up, we go to the category of best MMA pay-per-view. And this year, there were, there were some good, there was some bad, uh, mixed in. I think it was a very weird year, uh, for mixed martial arts. Last year, Mouth, you chose UFC 206, which was here in Toronto. Toronto got some great shows last yeah, year yeah. between TakeOver and that UFC card. Uh, Jay went with UFC 205, which was Alvarez McGregor at Madison Square Garden. And I had UFC 196, which was Diaz defeating McGregor and Misha Tate submitting uh, Holly Holm to win the the women's bantamweight title. Uh, this year, let us start off with Jay with your best MMA pay per view. Uh, it's it grabbed my interest, and you already mentioned his comeback, and it's going to be UFC two seventeen. Is Jerry Saint Pierre returning to defeat Michael Bisbing? I there are only two uh, MMA. Well, one wasn't even MMA uh, cards that I was able to have people over. Like this used to be like a thing that we would do, and of course it was the fascination of the Mayweather McGregor, but. Uh, it, it delivered for what it was, but by no means a great card. This is great. Uh, I, it's unfortunate what's happened with Jerry St. Pierre and, and not, you know, yeah. fighting for a while with, you know, the medical issues. But this was something where people returned. Maybe it's because we're in Canada. People returned. And the nice thing about it, it wasn't just a card that depended on the main event. You had no. Dillashaw and Garbrandt on this card. You had Nama Yunus upsetting Yin Jacek. And it was a great card. 
a fun event. Uh, and uh, that was my my pay per view of the year. Yeah, my new metric to judge MMA cards is how well they draw at Jay's house. Two big houses this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm with Jay. I went with two seventeen for the same reasons. Just one of the best UFC cards I've seen. I thought just unbelievable the three fights of which I got. All three picks wrong, but they were <laughs> tremendous outcomes. Uh, Mouth, your best MMA fight. Card. I went with the one after that just because I thought it might get missed, and that's UFC 218 because yep. I just thought it, it was packed with like killer fights. Like that Yancey Medeiros, Alex Oliveira fight was great. Eddie Alvarez against Justin Gaethje was amazing. The main event with Holloway and Aldo, and even the knockout of Overeem by Francis Naganu there. Like that was, that, it was not a show that got a lot of attention, but it was a show that if you were a fight fan, it really delivered some great, great fights. We should have had your mom do MMA picks this year. Uh, I'm not sure which one <laughs> she would have picked for best. Uh, she was very. She did enjoy the GSP show that two of seventeen. She did enjoy that one, and she's pumped for uh, this weekend's too. Way your best MMA fight card. Well, this year I couldn't really have that much to choose from because I really felt this year was a turning point for me in my MMA fandom. I certainly just watched a whole lot less this year and whether it was because we started uh covering it a lot less at least uh you know day to day at uh fight network or simply because there there weren't really any shows to look forward to i didn't really watch a whole lot and so i guess by default the one that i did enjoy the most of the ones i did see was 217 we move on over to best promotion last year all of us chose the ufc I'm curious if UFC was anyone's pick here because they had a <laughs> they had a very strong financial year, but it just felt like general interest mm-hmm. across the board uh, was down. Uh, Jay, what was your best promotion? Well, you so that's a good point. That's exactly what I was going to say. Sure, UFC is is still firing; they're still a successful company, but interest has waned, and I think it's uh, going through what WWE does, where they're starting to suffer from what I like to call the more is more phenomenon. Mm. Where Continually too putting much. on shows. Yeah. There's so much to watch. I have a hard time following it. I don't have that much time. So WWE falls into that category too. Uh, I am going to pick for this because I think this is not the calm before the storm, but it's the year before uh, the big breaking point. And even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, I see the potential in the organization, and that's New Japan. And the possibility and what should be their breakthrough into the U.S. market should be 2018 – a lot of Kenny Omega, a lot of Chris Jericho. They're taking it slow and they're being careful, but they're making all the right moves. So I'm picking that as my best promotion of the year. Mouth. Exactly the same. Uh, I, I don't know how you can't really not pick New Japan. I mean, they had a terrific year with all the big shows. And like Jay said, they're poised to move in. I think with uh, the access shows now with JR and Barnett doing the, the commentary there, I think that those are going to be very helpful. And there's just so, there was just so many great solid shows and matches that if they're going to have um, a good launch pad, this is it. I, I thought they had a spectacular year. And think about the statement that access has made as well, where the, the MMA ratings on access are surpassed by the new japan that's right. ratings that's right so they're looking at putting an emphasis on new japan yep. even though with the jericho omega card they'll be airing that what is it john one week after the or is it, i think it's two weeks after two weeks after they're doing it i think that's the turnaround so an emphasis on that uh with access could also be very good for new japan in 2018 yeah. so 17 it was really i think a year of building blocks i mean great in japan building blocks in north america yes. and yeah so again yeah both of our choice actually 
I, I have that wrong. They're airing it. I think it's on a 48 hour delay. Yeah. And then they're going to be re airing it. As yeah. Well. It's Through not, it's month. not much of a gap. Yeah. yeah I don't think it's much of a gap. Jim Ross and Josh Barnett are going to LA yeah. this week to, to voice. Yeah. So it's a very quick turnaround uh, for access. Uh, for me, best promotion, I'm with you guys. I went with New Japan Pro Wrestling, an unbelievable year in yeah. the ring. Uh, from start to finish for the year and also their international growth. You're seeing it. And I, I think that's a big story for 2018. How much more of a U.S. presence they continually have. If they have any involvement in this all in event that, uh, the elite are talking about running this year. And if they have an involvement themselves. Uh, but you also saw some growth, uh, with other companies like Ring of Honor. Had yes, a massive, definitely. Massive yep. year by their standards. All Japan and Noah had had very good years quietly. So you're seeing um, a certain level of pro wrestling that there's way more interest in your independent level. And with some exceptions, there was a lot of growth um, on the pro wrestling side. But New Japan was my promotion of the year. Way. Well, certainly that's probably one of the biggest stories of the, the past year was the growth of the professional wrestling scene outside of the WWE mm-hmm. in North America. And I think the company that's spearheading that is certainly New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I think the fact that it's made so many people like myself and Jay, who aren't typically viewers of Jap- uh, Japanese wrestling on a regular basis, so interested in the card that's coming up this week, I think is an incredible feat. The fact, like, like at no point in history, ha- you know, there's been great wrestling in Japan in previous years, but at no point in history, maybe it's a combination of technology and maybe the internet, but um, it really does feel like a solid number two. And I think that's an extremely uh, incredible feat for some a company that's all the way over there. I'm curious where everyone goes on this category. Best television show. Mouth, you chose Ring of Honor last year. Jay, you went with Talking Smack. That was effectively eliminated this year outside of pay-per-views. And I went with SmackDown uh, this year. Best television show. We'll start with you, Mouth. Uh, I kind of went for like a one specific show, and that was the ESPN, the 30 for 30 show on Ric Flair. I just thought it was incredibly well done. Uh, they, they touched all the bases. Flair, incredibly emotional, not afraid to tell the story, not afraid to talk about the bumps in the road. Um, uh, that, that to me, I thought honestly was the best wrestling television program I watched all year. Jay? I thought that would go in best media. Would that, cause the special? Anyway, so uh, I just picked NXT cause it's an hour. Way, well, if we're talking um, <laughs> wrestling, then I think uh, it's for me. It's going to be SmackDown, perhaps by default, simply because the other show is so long. Yeah, SmackDown I think has been always a lot more consistent uh, from last last year until this year. Uh, but if we're talking non wrestling, for me, it's going to be Glow, which I thought. Was oh, a yeah, great, yeah, that was great. That, yeah, that was it my was. pick. That's I went with Glow. excellent. Yeah, it was oh, a, I changed it, my pick <laughs> for sure. My yeah, pick. I didn't good. even think of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was one I was, I didn't know what I was going to pick, and then I thought of Glow. I was like, hands down, it's yeah, Glow. Yeah, it was, For that's sure. true, it was awesome. Yep. Okay, unanimous yep. pick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can check, because this next category, Mouth, I think it would be more suitable to right. that one-off the, piece, DSPN, right? DSPN, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, and that is, uh, we kind of expanded it this year to best media. Prior, we had done, like, best WWE network show, but this includes, we, we put, like, books, digital series, and network shows all into this category, so you can go in many different directions. Last year, given it was just the WWE network was our scope, Mouth chose Talking Smack, Jay had the Edge and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness, and I chose uh, Talking Smack. All as, gone. As well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. None which, of them are there. Which is pretty telling of where their philosophy is on the WWE Network, that they're not putting all their efforts down to more spending on original programming, mm-hmm. and just that feeling that their base it's, is... 
it's, satisfied with the live it's programming? So, that's the thing, and it's so unsatisfying, really, when you have this huge library and the fact that they really don't make that much use of it in, in terms of what's on the network itself. I mean, sure, you can go and look for stuff, but I think they should have that stuff in regular rotation. They should be showing old episodes of AWA and World Class and all that kind of Mid-South and stuff and mix it in with the schedule, not doing it maybe, a, what do they do, Flashback Friday? Now they show a couple of things. You know, they need to work that stuff into the regular schedule. Well, they're clearly catering to the mainstream fan because you mentioned the two shows that we talked about being Talking Smack and the Edge and Christian show. Edge and Christian show is very inside. I mean, it was for people that get knew the inside history jokes. and stuff. They list, they, they like the Attitude Era. They yeah. listen to us. They listen to Meltzer and they know the sly references that are being thrown in. Talking Smack was again, it was a bit of a throwback to the old school, but a little bit behind the scenes. You're playing the politics game on that show and they're not doesn't seem that they're looking for that and it might be because we know we've got these people we know that these yeah. people are already subscribing how do we get the mainstream onto the network and that's really what i think that they're going for the challenge this point. Yeah. yeah uh why don't we start with way on this one best media best media and i'm glad you changed the topic this year or changed the the scope of the category this year because for me it has to be being the elite i think its success really represents the strength of the underground it's a low budget cheesy poorly produced youtube show but that's what makes it feel incredibly yeah, authentic yeah, yeah. because you know it's from their own cell phones and you know that they edit and they write it themselves the fact that it was you know under the guise of like a video blog but with storyline inside and and just so many little uh, uh tropes that they've introduced in there from ftr to like you know uh what do you think uh, where do you think you're going with Flip gordon <laughs> i think all these little things just are are are, are fantastic and there's so much fun and they would never exist in the wwe yeah uh, mouth. Best well, media. Well, since we have all picked Glow as our best TV show by default, uh, this, yeah, this is where I would put the ESPN, uh, documentary. I just thought it was great. And are we doing, uh, I did, I did one for a book as well. Yeah. Besides, for TV, I picked the 30 for 30. There were some, uh, books, couple that I haven't read. I haven't read JR's yet. And there's a new one on Brian Pillman that sounds pretty amazing as well. But my favorite was The Mad Dog Vachon by Pat Leprod and Bertrand Herbert. They just did a great version of chronicling his entire career. And I love it when you read books about the older guys like Vachon because you don't just get his history. You get almost an entire history of the territories because guys like this worked in every single part of the world. So you, you get to learn a little bit about the AWA. You get to learn a little bit about Australia. You get to learn a little bit about Florida. And I just thought the two of them did a great job compiling the story. And it is, his story is a very captivating story. So I really enjoyed that book. Jay, what was your best media from the year? Well, I went for 30 for 30, but not Ric Flair. Oh. I picked the XFL. Oh, okay. I yeah. really love, yeah. I remember watching this and I was, I started it late on the Sunday and I was pissed that I had to leave and go do the show before finishing it. And I came home that night and I watched the rest of it. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Fortunately, I think it might be foreshadowing. Leading to yes, that foreshadowing. final scene is probably going to be yeah. re replayed a lot throughout oh, the man. next yeah, few months. Yeah, it's weird. Yep, yeah, but we'll it looks like it. We'll see what happens in 2018 with Alpha Entertainment. Uh, by the way, has Chris Jericho referenced Alpha and considering it's Alpha versus Omega. Right. Now, Vince McMahon has done Alpha Entertainment. Has he mentioned any of that in any of his social media? Did no. anyone see that? No. Just strange that all came together. But yeah, the XFL. This was the XFL. 30 for 30 was way, it was way good. better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, ESPN pieces are always very well put together, but just seeing the behind the scenes of this train wreck that was the XFL, um, you know, it just makes you want to do it all again. <laughs> uh, yeah. For mine, I 
I have just started that Brian Pillman book. It's by a, a man named Liam O'Rourke. It's called Crazy Like a Fox. I just, I ha- I'm only a third of the way into the and book. Just, yeah, it's phenomenal. Wow, I can't uh, wait. That probably would have been my pick had I finished it. But my my choice for best media, I went with the 365 episode they aired on Kevin Owens on the WWE Network with the concept of following this guy around for a year. And when it's a WWE Network special. Obviously, you have incredible access, and they're typically very good, but there's a limit of where you go on a WWE documentary, and I think this one went uh, – it peeled back more layers than a typical, typical WWE documentary-style presentation where you truly got a, an insight into the head games that are played – backstage the incredible scene of kevin owens going up to vince mcmahon who right after his wrestlemania match and vince just is furious with the match (laughs) that he has just seen and how much that messed with kevin owens head and dealing with the uncertainty of where his career was going this past summer and then to see at the end of it all here he is with Vince McMahon doing that angle and you get this backstory to what the last number of months were like after wrestlemania Mm -hmm. this somewhat tenuous relationship based on the WrestleMania match and hear these two put out what Jay called his best angle yeah. of the year. So, and because it's Kevin Owens, it, it just such an engaging individual that he truly uh, carried this, this special as well and was very open about uh, the insecurities that some of these top guys have. That's very prevalent. So that was my choice for best media, best mixed martial artist uh, for the year. Last year, as we rewind, uh, mouth, you chose Conor McGregor, Jay had Michael Bisping, and I went with Stipe Miocic. And here, a year later, uh, two of the men have titles, and only one of them uh, has fought in the in the past <laughs> uh, year inside of a mixed martial arts uh, octagon. Best mixed martial artist, Mouth. I found it to be a tougher pick this year. It, it, it was. It, it was like there wasn't anybody that really, really stood out above the rest of them. So I, I kind of went for the guy that is just like so successful, yet nobody really knows who he is, and that's Demetrius Johnson, flyweight champ in the UFC. So, I mean, he's he's held it since 2012. He always has exciting fights. He doesn't just he just does has a tough time drawing and. I had a tough time picking this one, but he was the one guy to me that kind of stands out. You know, most title defenses, 11 uh, title defenses. He had two more this year. Um, I just think the guy's a great fighter, but yet nobody really seems to know who he well, is. One of the best finishes of the year, that German suplex yeah, into an arm yeah, bar yeah, against Ray great. Borg. Yeah, so that's my pick. Jay. I mean, I guess that could be my pick, but I it's a blank category for me. No one stood It up. was hard. I know, it Connor, was hard. Connor's not there. No. I mean, I looked at, you know, the... Uh, the uh, TJ Dillashaws and Cody Garbrandts of the world, but you know, they only had one fight each and I, I'd like to see at least two fights yeah. when I pick this category. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about Michael Bisping, but he actually lost twice this year, uh, even though he was so much in the spotlight. So it seems like guys are in the spotlight are actually losing. I'm not picking one. There's no one that stood out. Connor wasn't there this year, so I'm yep. not picking anyone. This there wasn't that That's clear a tough even, front runner. Even Yin Jacek lost, you know. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I, but I'm not going to give it to Nama Yunus. So it's yep. Don't have one. Wait, do you have a pick? I do not. I'm going to sit out the MMA categories this year. Wow. Best mixed martial artist is the book category this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I chose Max Holloway. Again, only fought twice, but it was against Jose Aldo, and I think that he is poised to be a big breakout star for the company. I'm not saying a 800,000 buy yeah. kind of fighter, but he is an incredible personality. 
um, and can really run with this featherweight division as its champion. So I thought two two changing of the guard kind of fights mm. this year, beating Jose Aldo and putting a exclamation point that he is the top featherweight in the company. Uh, that takes us to best MMA fight. Last year, mouth your choice was Cub Swanson and Duho Choi, which was mm, at 206 yeah. here in Toronto. Jay chose Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, the rematch, which McGregor avenged his loss at UFC 202. And I chose Cub Swanson against Duho Choi as well from 206. This year, uh, I went to the tough finale in July, the fight between Justin Gaethje and Michael Johnson. It was Gaethje's really first, good fight. First it was fight awesome fight in the, uh, in the UFC and taking on a, a talented lightweight in Michael Johnson and, uh, Gaethje is one of the most exciting fighters he is in fun the sport, to watch, yeah. And is arguably just as popular after the Eddie Alvarez fight, right. which was the first loss of his career. That's my honorable mention is that fight. I, I watched it again last night. I just thought it was a tremendous fight, and I thought he did such a great job. And yeah, even I watched the fight with Alvarez again as, as well. And J- Justin, he just did, he's such a great fighter, entertaining. I really look forward to seeing what he does in the new year. But I picked um, the one from the prelims from 218 with the Yancey Medeiros versus Alex Oliveira fight. I just thought it was a super exciting fight. I love those fights where it appears like a guy's shortly going to be destroyed and put to put out and he actually comes back and wins the fight, which is what happened in this one with uh, Medeiros. It was really good, really intense, and uh, yeah, it just was exciting from start to finish. Uh, do we have any additional picks? Uh, I had Bisbing and GSP mm-hmm. uh, for the hype leading up to it, and GSP overcoming Bisbing. I mean, uh, he, he, the the funny thing was, I was going to say Bisbing is the bigger fighter, but when they walked in there, GSP had modified his body so dramatically that he looked like the yeah. bigger fighter. And the hype around it, and the fact that GSP delivered. We talked about him in the best comeback category as well. Uh, you know, you didn't he didn't get away from death, but nonetheless. Uh, so I got Bisbing <laughs> and GSP as my fight of the year. Yeah. It- in a weird way, I, we were watching that fight, and that was uh, five days after losing my job. And I was like, you know, I'm picking Bisping to win this fight, but GSP reviving Canadian MMA, yes. it's like there's a selfish part of me. <laughs> kind of happy that George St. Pierre won this fight. Um, wait, do you have a pick for best fight of the year? He's setting out the MMA categories. All right. So yeah. that takes us to our final category, biggest story of the year. And last year, there were some big ones. Mouth, you picked uh, the UFC being sold, as well as the WWE's international expansion. Jay picked Shane McMahon returning, as well as Daniel Bryan's retirement. And my choice was the UFC being sold uh, to WME IMG in the summer of 2016. Uh, this year, the biggest story of 2017, Jay. There can't, there can't be anything else. It has to be McGregor Mayweather. It broke into the mainstream and is listed on a whole bunch of, you know, sports center topics. It was when you have, okay, we all know Mouth's mom loves MMA, but when my mom is asking me about, What's this fight that's going on with the boxer and the fighter? Like, well, now then you know, eh? Now, now broke, you know. It hasn't just broken through to the mainstream. It's broken through to the mom stream. Right. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Good one. Good I'm, one. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm done. I retired. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so oh, that's my man. pick. <laughs> I, to a couple, that was my pick as well. Me too. Yeah, I, yeah I me a, too. Me too. I, we had a family barbecue that Saturday. And I'm not kidding you, every single person at some point during that day came up to me asking about the fight that night. Wow. Like, just family, yep. cousins. It was, I mean, those are John the kinds cousins of cousins are family, by the way. Well, no, <laughs> uh, third cousins. <laughs> anyway, Mouth, your pick. Same. 
Absolutely the same. I, I don't know, I, like just what Jay said, it, it crossed everything. And if places like Sports Center have got it in their top ten, well, that tells you right there. Way do you have clean sweep? Clean yeah. sweep. Do we have anything else though? I mean, if 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 you look at what's going on, I think uh, what could be notable because obviously we're picking this, and it's it's head and shoulders above everything else. Um, but looking at recently, the McMahon developments that are coming up right now, uh, which dropped the stock a little bit, could definitely have ramifications yes. going into 2018. Oh, yeah. Uh, d- does anything else pop up beyond this for you guys this year? I mean, I think the rise of the indies and, and yeah. New Japan is certainly a big story. I agree. Yeah, for wrestling. sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would say, you know, this year, when you talk about some icons like Bobby Heenan, Lance Russell passing away, that yeah. was notable. I think you're right with the Elf Entertainment. I think that's has a good chance of being the story of 2018, yes, yes, whatever yeah, that yeah. develops into. Yeah. If it's an actual football league, if it's something else, regardless, it's going to be a story, yeah. uh, a big one in 2018. I mean, I hope that the story we're talking about a year from now is the rise of New Japan into yes, North America. and not uh, some crazy football project from Vince. Yeah, I mean, obviously Vince is going to get more attention to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there you go, 2017, McGregor Mayweather. Yeah. And, all, you know, the, the story of 2018 could be uh, the lack of star power in UFC because if we, we don't know about GSP nope. and his return, McGregor, we'll see if he's alive by the end of this year <laughs> with all the mafia stuff that's going on with him with the Irish mafia. And <laughs> it's just such, I mean, that's, that's a story right there. Yeah. And right now they're not even counting on him to come back. So, I mean, who's the star mm. in UFC? Who are you looking forward to seeing? John Jones is a story that can go into this category as well because John Jones had the ability to become that superstar for UFC. And once again, I mean, I'm yeah, sure once he's going to, he's yes. going to show up in next week's show. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 2018 and looking forward to it. And those are, I guess, you know, some of the and big stories. The television homes for both WWE yes. and UFC. Yes. Yeah, Even right. if they yep. stay where they are, yep. the amount that they get is huge. And it's not a lock that they stay where and, they are. And John, so 2018, uh, the fall is UFC. And then is it 2019 is WWE? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to see one of them change. But the WWE yeah. expects to have their deal in place in 2018. Well, and it's going to be, uh, a lot of it's going to have to do with the money that UFC gets. I mean, it sets a bit of a precedent as far as the, uh, combat sports, uh, draw goes and, and how much they're actually worth. The final thing before we wrap up the show is that over the last two years, we have also introduced likely, unlikely. Oh, did you go and find this? Yes. Yeah, so what we're going to do, we're going to break this up because for this show, I'm just going to recap what we said last year. Cool. And next week, we'll come up with a new list to, to go through for 2018. So uh, to keep it concise, how we did it last year was the topics were thrown out and we kind of had a uh, a mix of us all chiming in. So I'll include the people that got it right. The first one was Hulk Hogan makes an appearance on WWE programming. Uh, I was the only one who said unlikely on that one, mm-hmm. and there was no Hulk Hogan. Kurt Angle specifically wrestles a match in a WWE ring, and <laughs> Mouth, I completely said unlikely. I yeah. was dead wrong. Mouth said unlikely, but you did see him for the Hall of Fame. And Agnew said not only likely, but he'll probably be the video game guy. So Agnew definitely There you go. Agnew won that one. And (laughs) going back on some of these, Agnew had some great qualifiers, is all (laughs) I will say. Uh, John Cena breaks Ric Flair's record, not ties it, but breaks it. Uh, Me and Mouth were unlikely. Actually, all three of us were unlikely, but Jay qualified by saying he would tie it, which he did three weeks after our show. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns turns heel. 
And me and Mouse said likely. Agnew said unlikely. And I think that that would be accurate. That yep. was unlikely, even with how The Undertaker feud ended. And I mean, he's in the same role. He was yeah. in the same yeah. thing. Same yeah. thing. I mean, you know, it's all shades of gray, but he's the same exactly. shade of gray. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles happens in a WWE ring. Uh, myself and Mouth said likely. It, they were in the Money in the Bank together and had mm. that spot, but didn't have the actual singles match this year. Baron Corbin or Braun Strowman holds a major title, specifically not U.S. or I.C. title. And Mouth, uh, you said unlikely. The re- Me and Jay were much more uh, positive about yeah. them winning a major title, but neither did in 2017. Kenny Omega signs with the WWE. Both Mouth and I shut that one down. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly has held the cruiserweight title. Uh, me and Mouth were both unlikely on that one. Okay, this was my favorite one. The Broken Hardys feud with the Wyatts, which Mouth just laughed at. And Jay said, you see how many things have to come together for this to happen? And Mouth and I both said unlikely. But it kind of happened. It sort of did, it's yes. Yeah, it's, it sort of did. That's, yep. Yeah, that's yep. totally a, a it, it, yep. it is the first program that's, I mean, Broken Woken. Yes. It's the first program. It's garbage, but I guess that's for another show. Yeah. <laughs> but to go back a year to yeah, assume crazy. that would happen. Crazy. I mean, and it did. Mauro Ronaldo replaces Michael Cole as the voice of Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did replace the voice of one program, but it wasn't Raw. Uh, I said likely, most said unlikely. Conor McGregor appears in a WWE ring. We all said unlikely to that. An Evolve event being broadcast on the WWE Network. We said unlikely to that. Ronda Rousey has a fight. Mouth, you saw, you thought she would, mm, but did not. Right. John Jones reclaims the light heavyweight title. This was actually a good one, too. I said unlikely. Mouth, you said unlikely, and then followed by saying his own silliness is going to come back and bite him in the ass wow. again. <laughs> Dale, so you got it wrong, but right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did win, but he, he had to give it back up. That's right. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, Dana White leaves the UFC. We all said unlikely. Mike Goldberg announces for Bellator. We both said unlikely, and he it did. It happened, oh. yeah. yeah. UFC cancels two pay-per-view events due to issues with the card. We both said unlikely. Uh, they they were supposed to do a January one that they just, they never officially announced right. it. They just didn't so do that's it. not really canceled. So they didn't actually cancel yeah. a pay-per-view. UFC puts on a pay-per-view that has less than 100,000 buys. We both said unlikely. GSP has a fight. I said likely. You said unlikely. Oh, there you go. Uh, GSP versus Conor McGregor is announced. And I guess I was the only one who was asked this. I said likely. And the final one. A member of our team <laughs> appears within the body of impact wrestling. I said, there is a 1 million percent chance. It won't be me. And mouth said, I'd be willing to do the Pope's job for him. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our likely, uh, unlikely for that's 2017. Funny. I forgot about that. That will wrap up post wrestling's first best of show. As we just look back at 2017, we are going to be back next Sunday with the worst of 2017 so you have a whole week to sift through the trash uh, oh, have fun <laughs> we've already uncovered most of it and of course that that show will be free next sunday up at postwrestling.com and i want to thank you guys very much for joining us uh jay uh i will see you thursday morning uh, <laughs> yeah. 4, 5 a.m for yeah. jericho and omega and guys we'll reconvene next sunday sounds good all right goodbye everyone we will chat with you next week